Hello and welcome everybody to a new episode or a new name, Lifting Up Champions. Uh, I'm with Scott Schilling. I'm your host, Scott Schilling. Makes sense that it's titled that, right? So Lifting Up Champions and very excited about the show here today because I've got a very special guest. I've known her for a long time. A multi-sport athlete growing up, uh, just a uh, rock star college volleyball player, then into the business world doing great things. And along with doing those great things, a CrossFit instructor and just so many things to talk about. My daughter, Jordan Schilling. Jordan, thanks Hello. for joining us here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So there's a topic that we want to cover today specifically, uh, which I know you'll find it hard to believe, but I found out in the most uniquest of fashions uh, through Facebook, uh, uh through through your story, uh, and um, but that was that you had a surgery coming up that day. But give everybody a little bit of the backstory, how the whole thing started. Um, okay, so in my day-to-day, I am in pharmaceutical sales, a position very similar to that. So I go into offices, I talk to doctors, I leave samples, you know, have to get a signature for those samples. Um, and also engage in conversation with doctors. Well, during the pandemic and kind of post, you know, navigation of COVID times and with all the new variants, a lot of doctors have not let reps into offices. Um, And so this day I went into a doctor's office and I had not met him before. He was a no rep policy for a very long time. Um, So I was excited to actually get into conversation with this doctor for the first time. And um, I could tell just right off the, his interactions with his patients, I could hear him joking around with people in the hallway um, that he was going to be a fun doctor. You know, some doctors just brush you off and don't give you the time of day, but it seemed like he was going to be interactive and, you know, interesting to talk to. Um, So he comes up and you know, I'm, I have my mask on, I'm wearing scrubs because that's my day-to-day uniform, if you will. And I was like, you know, doctor, it's so nice to finally meet you. They haven't been letting reps back. So this is my first time, you know, I've been leaving you samples for almost a year, but to meet face-to-face, this is a great opportunity for me to just reiterate, I want to bring value to your office, you know, the sales spiel. Um, and he starts off and goes, well, we're still not letting reps back here. How'd you get back here? I was like, I have a very charming smile. He's like, you're wearing a mask. Like, I don't know. I got back here, man. Let me be a resource. And then um, he was, you know, looking at me and he goes, how old are you? And I told him and he goes, well, where are you from? And in my head, I was like, well, am I, am I on a date right now? What's going on? Why is he asking me so many questions? I'm the one that's supposed to ask him questions. Um, and then he asked if I had a primary care physician. And I said, don't we all? Like you'd be surprised, which is not false. A lot of people probably don't go to the doctor as often as they should. Um, and he goes, well, you have something on your thyroid. You need to go get it checked. Mind you, we weren't talking about thyroids. I was talking about mucus and mucinex and over-the-counter medicines. And um, so it was very unsolicited and it was shocking. Um, he specifically said, you have a goiter which I thought was a made up word. Um, you need to go get that checked out. And I was like, I, you're just, you're just making that up. And he goes, Nope, go get it checked out. Tell him this doctor sent you. Um, you'll see. 
I said, okay, well, next time I see you, hopefully I won't have a goiter, you know, just kind of brushing it off. But I left the office feeling very unsettled because when somebody gives you health information or something that's so unsolicited and it had nothing to do with why I was there, I was like, well, I can't just ignore this. So I went to the doctor that day. I went to my primary care and um, did a full blood panel. If you've never done full blood panel blood work, just go do it. You need a baseline every year. But I did a full blood panel and everything came back normal, but I had also been set up for a sonogram. And I think that was the most important thing that I did because I wouldn't have reacted to anything with my blood work because it looked all fine. So go in, get the sonogram, and they found a 1.5 centimeter nodule on my thyroid. And if you don't know, your thyroid kind of is like a butterfly that goes across your throat. And I just happen to be highlighting my little scar right there. But there's the isthmus, which is the bridge that goes around your windpipe, and then two lobes that are on the side. And that's kind of your anatomy of your thyroid. Um, And the nodule is on the isthmus, which is the bridge that goes over my windpipe. And because of the size of it, I got referred to a specialist in Denton who is phenomenal and very confident in her work and made me immediately very confident in her and her abilities. And we did a fine needle biopsy. And if you've never had a fine needle biopsy, I do not wish it on you because it's a needle about this long um, and I'm wide awake and I'm watching on a sonogram her stick this needle into my thyroid and she's trying to extract liquid from a solid. She needs to get cells. And so she has to do it a couple times. And then they send that off to a lab. So, so that that's kind of the background. <laughs> so that doesn't sound very pleasant. But so yeah. this is this is one of those situations. And Deborah Norville um, on from Inside Edition, a viewer was watching one day and said, Hey, you've got a not on your throat, you might want to go get it checked. And she also had, uh, I don't know if it was the exact same thing, but they did find cancer in, in but it was because somebody outwardly, uh, number one saw it, but then they, yeah. they cared enough to suggest that you go get it checked out. So they, so you go get this fun treatment, this fun, <laughs> fine needle biopsy, super fun, super yeah. fun right. And fun. what, what did they find? So it, uh, so the story gets pretty interesting here because um, I had that, and then it was about a week before I received any results, and I was hopeful but nervous. Um, and this was um, around Christmas. No, this is around Thanksgiving time. And, um, I get a call and the, the nurse from the clinic said, Hey, no malignant cells are obviously present, but there are abnormal cells. So we do need to schedule a follow-up. And I was like, Oh, great. No cancer. Love that. So I book a trip to Peru. (laughs) Nice. I found that hard to believe out of you. Not. 
Yeah, yeah. So I book a trip and I go with my friend Lauren to Peru and we're there for a week. And unbeknownst to me, I'm climbing Machu Picchu and trekking through sand dunes. And while I'm on these adventures, my breathing is labored. Not just um, not just I walked up a flight of stairs and that was a little hard. It was me questioning if I had, do I have asthma all of a sudden? What is this, this feeling? What, like what's going on with my respiratory system? And, um, and it had kind of been feeling like this for the past few months where after workouts, I would be more out of breath um, than normal. Or for a long time, I felt like I had a lump in my throat. Like you try and swallow a, a vitamin and it doesn't go down or you have a chip stuck in your throat. I had that happen for two months and I just kind of wrote it off as a, as a, a side effect that just never went away from when I had RSV, you know, which is upper respiratory infection. I was like, Oh, I probably scratched my side. Anyways. So I go on this adventure, you know, explore Peru for a little bit. The day that I got back was my follow-up with my doctor. Um, so I get back in in the morning and, you know, go about my day. I go to the doctors later that afternoon and she sits me down and there's a, there's a sliding scale of severity when it comes to thyroid cells. There's no black or white definite, unless it comes back, of course, with malignant cells, but on this sliding scale, it's called the Bethesda scale. I just remembered my cells were abnormal enough for her to say, you know, there's a 10 to 40% chance of cancer. And I was like, that's so much more than the 0% that I thought I had. Um, so again, I'm in this state of fear and um, a little bit of confusion, um, but also now I have a plan of action. I was like, okay, how early can we schedule surgery? Because I qualified for a competition in CrossFit and I need to be there. In fact, the competition is January 28th through 30th, right? So what, last weekend, two weekends ago? And this conversation is happening on November like 28th-ish. And I said, I have a competition at the end of January. Can this wait until after that? And she looked at me and she goes, um, Jordan, cancer. Like, shoot. You're right. So that was a stupid question. Yeah. 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 I was was like, that's a dumb question. Like I'm not going to put my health and well-being on the back burner for something that's also involving health and well-being, but. Well, and again, just to to frame this real quick, you are a phenomenal CrossFit athlete. And so you were, you know, in training and you were doing this because you obviously qualified for this competition and, but you were, you know, like you say, your breath, your breathing was labored and things like that. So there were indicators that you sloughed off. And that's what I don't want yeah. people to miss is the body's pretty amazing. It, it will share with you that there's something not exactly right. Um, so. Yeah, that's exactly it. It was all, uh, once all of this kind of started coming out and me realizing the severity of what was going on, all of these little indicators that I had just ignored, um, the labored breathing, the, um, feeling in my throat, the feeling more lethargic than normal. Um, a a huge one that has blown my mind is 
I needed sugar every day. I had such a strong craving for sugar. Um, And I have a sweet tooth anyways, don't get me wrong. I, I love my sweets, but it was, it was beyond how I've ever wanted sugar before in my life. So that was an indicator that I just didn't even think about. Everything could be kind of explained away to something else, or I could make an excuse for it or, or whatever. Um, so, so yeah, so we set the surgery for December 7th. Um, and I wasn't very vocal about it to anybody because. To anybody, by the way, to anybody, to anybody, the only person, honestly, the, the only people that knew were mom, because she needed to pick me up from the surgery center. Like I needed a ride there and back. That was about it. And my roommate, because I was like, Hey, I'm going to be laid up for a little bit. You know, it's, I kept it very private because I don't know, there's a lot of pain and suffering in the world. And I feel like I just, I felt like this is, this is a small thing. It's a little blip and we'll move past it and it'll be fine. Um, plus yeah, we, might wanna, to, we might want to reconsider that list next. Hopefully I, I know. we I'm never sorry, have anything, but just, just a thought, uh, you know, maybe, at yes, least, yes, yes. I don't know, at least one more on the list. Right. Direct. Family. Go ahead. Okay, got it. Go ahead. Got the, um, you got the message. Yeah. Okay, but I ahead. also, I didn't, I didn't want to sound any alarms because at best case scenario, I go into the surgery, they remove, they do what's called a, a lobectomy and they take the lobe that has the nodule on it and remove that. And then I have half a thyroid and I live the rest of my life with half a thyroid and your body is beautiful. It can re-regulate. It will be fine. Um, I thought I will explain what happened afterwards and nobody needs to be concerned kind of thing. I didn't want to, I didn't want to sound the alarms. Okay. That's just, I don't know. But what ended up happening is I go into surgery and um, when I awaken, when I wake up from my, you know, anesthesia and such, um, they did have to remove my entire thyroid because they did find cancer. So I had been living life with thyroid cancer for who knows how long. We still don't know how long. Um, And without that doctor so directly saying, go get this checked, which I firmly believe was divine intervention because even my, my primary care who I've known since middle school was like, Jordan, you just have a muscular neck. Like you don't have anything on your thyroid. You know, don't let this freak you out. It'll be fine. And it's fine regardless, but you know, it's just, just wild how it all came to be. I just feel very lucky. I feel very blessed. And I was very reluctant to even talk about my story because there are so many people that have gone through horrific tragedies and are suffering still. Um, And especially when it comes to cancer, there are people that are in a constant state of pain and, and fear and sadness and all of these things. And I just feel very lucky that it was in, in my story, it was removed from my body and I get to continue on without really any inconvenience. I take one small pill every morning to help regulate my hormones and I feel relatively normal. You know, your, your body has to adjust. I went through trauma in December, but 
but yeah, so I, I was reluctant to share my story. And then at the competition, I had a couple more opportunities to share my story. And I, I guess I came to realize that, you know, there are people that might need to hear it. There are people that might feel down and out that had something happen and they are using that as a crutch to not progress or move forward. And they're kind of living in that moment and just being there. And that's fine to be there for a little bit, but they refuse to step out of it. Um, And if this helps somebody step out of it and get back on the horse or step back in the gym or take a walk outside, you know, whatever it is, that is important. It's cool. Absolutely important. And, and again, I think there's some, there's some key points in the story. Number one, that obviously somebody taking an interest uh, professionally to, to share with you from their point of, of reference, you know, that you needed to be checked. Then that next process uh, you going through and, and going ahead and scheduling it. I think on one side, you know, you had the, you had two things, you had the trip and you had the uh, competition. And I think, unfortunately, far too many people take the, Hey, can we do this afterwards? Kind of uh, wait and see, or let me just push it off. And the, uh, the real lesson really becomes um, get after it, do it. Yeah. Just, just yeah. do it. I mean, let's, let's uh, do the old art Williams, just do it. Right. And right. do it and do it. And um, but I mean, I think that that's a, that's a pivotal part of it uh, is, is taking the action, getting it done, realizing that they might have to take more, but the good news is because I want to share this before we go into the competition side of it is the reason they took it all is because it was wholly encapsulated in mm-hmm. the thyroid and they were able to understand that there was zero spread correct correct yeah so it was it was 1.5 centimeters of cancer and it was surrounded by healthy thyroid tissue and there was no evidence of it you know going into any of the lymph nodes or any of my blood vessels or or anything like that so again very lucky very thankful that that is how my story goes because it's just not how other people's story go. Well, it, it's certainly not how every story goes by any stretch. So tremendously blessed that that is your story. But the other side of it is the the being proactive and and going after it when it became very evident that that was the the right course of action. And so again, part of the part of this story again, uh, lifting up champions is about sharing the either untold or undertold story to, to make sure that people take these examples or take these stories for what they are and say, Hey, um, while you didn't know the, the whole diagnosis at that time, the chances of it getting better were nil. Right. And so uh, better to take the action and do that. And I'm sure the other knowing you as I do, I'm sure part of it is the faster you could do it, the faster you could get back into the gym and start beating the heck out yes. of yourself. <laughs> 1,000%. It's funny you say that because my doctor, and hopefully these words never get back to her ears, um, she said, oh, thanks. We're, we're, trying not, we're trying not to have anybody watch this. That's cool. No, just right. kidding. Shut it off. <laughs> um, no, she, she said, two-week recovery, no strain, 
um, for at least three days, which I very literally took it on day three of recovery. I was on the assault bike for 45 minutes trying to like, all right, let's get going. Let's get our body moving again. Let's flush this anesthesia out. Like, let's, let's see where we can go that, you know, the first day of surgery was terrible. I felt awful. I felt like every muscle in my neck had been pulled because they had to like whiplash to get to the thyroid to access the part of my body they needed. They had to bend my head in ways that it does not, not, not supposed to go. Yeah. So day one sucked. Day two, uh, I was feeling, you know, a little drugged, but quite a bit better and uh, walked for about a mile that day. Day three, took the time on the assault bike. And then that next week was actually a a super busy week for um, a work project that I had. So I, I, I didn't have time to just be a vegetable anyways. Um, And I needed to be up and moving and I wanted to get back in the gym. So, you know, training started again, Um, nothing heavy, no weightlifting, but manageable, small movements, body weight stuff. And in my head, I was like, you know what I have, I I think you did the math 57 days, 52, 52. I was like, I have 52 days to not embarrass myself at this competition, which I barely qualified for. And, um, so what was the competition? Uh, so it's called the fittest experience and it's held in Austin, Texas. And in October, they have an online qualifier. So you have two weeks of three workouts each week and you have to submit videos of your workouts. So they know that you're not, you know, shaving reps or lying about your time or whatever. And there's a few different divisions and, you know, I participated in 20, 17 and 2018 had an injury for the 2019 season and then was like okay 2020 is my comeback and then had you know thyroid cancer and I was like ah crap but I qualified with thyroid cancer um which is interesting because after every workout I was so out of breath and I felt I felt like I was barely making it and and I barely made it um and then honestly, I only made it because people either refused their invitation or they went into teams divisions. So I wasn't even in, they top, they took the top 140 out of the 800 that tried to qualify or however many. And I think I was 148 or something. And because other people said, no, I slowly worked my way up and I got divine intervention, divine intervention. Yeah. We'll call it that. So very thankful that I made it, um, but knew going into the competition that I wanted to outperform my qualifying position because I, so you wanted I to be better than I, I wanted to be dead last. I wanted to be better. <laughs> that's exactly what that's, I'm like. that's, that's that what is was. some goal setting right there. There's another yeah. lesson, goal setting. Uh huh. Basically, the... I qualified in last, and I want to be better than that. So that's good. I, I yeah. encourage, I encourage that of many people very nicely done. Yeah, so, so then what was the training like? I mean, when you finally did get back into the training and everything, how much do you think that it, it truly affected you, um, you know, as a, as a competitor to, you know, take that, whether it be the time off or the lull, or, I mean, the invasion of your body to take a thyroid out, you know, yeah. what kind of toll did that take on you? 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's an entire organ removed and an important organ. And so relearning my body's, my body's trying to find a new normal. It still is. Um, but in my training, I realized that I couldn't do, so I, I, my strength is in being strong. I'm one of the stronger females. And so, um, but because I couldn't strain and because I didn't want to, you know, a pop stitches or upset healing or whatever. I had to take an opposite approach, which actually worked on my weakness, which is conditioning and stamina. And so my training went from, I'm really strong. So I'm going to do things that make me look really strong. And every day in training, I feel good. And I'm like, Oh, I was the strongest. I, I lifted so much. Um, I had to switch to a, I am going to die every day because I am out of shape when it comes to cardio, my respiratory system was not ready for this. Um, but it helped so much because a lot of the workouts in the competition were more cardio and endurance based. So in the end, it forced me into this training style that I really wasn't doing because it wasn't fun for me to feel like I was failing every day. So um, you're saying there are parts of CrossFit that may not be fun. Is that what I'm hearing? Nothing is fun about CrossFit. Let me, <laughs> let's just get that straight. Nothing That's, is fun. I believe I've been the one saying that watching it this entire time. Yeah. It, it, man, it's so rewarding. It's, it's cool. There. Yeah. It's funny. You, you, you get done with a workout and you're like, oh, that sucked so bad. All right. See you tomorrow. Like you just. You just so, come back for more. Again, you were a five-sport athlete in, in high school mm-hmm. and then went off to college and played college volleyball. And the reason you chose volleyball out of the sports is because of your love of the sport. Absolutely. So then how, how do you get from that point where I absolutely love this? In fact, I'm going to uh, shed sports that, you know, I might be. I was better at. Better at, I was better or, at, yeah. Well, but either better at or had more potential to do other things with, right? But you right. chose the one that you absolutely love, being volleyball, which was an absolute blast to watch you play. And and uh, sure. had that conversation with somebody again last week. How much fun! How much I, I really miss that watching because it was so cool to see. But anyway, so you you play a sport in college that you absolutely love. And then you get into CrossFit and uh, I know a fair number of CrossFitters and everybody pretty much to a person says it the same way, you know, is I just beat the living heck out of myself and, oh my God, what am I thinking? See you tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, so here's the, here's the thing, because um, being a coach, I get asked this a lot too, is does it ever get easier? And the answer is really no, because there's always something to learn. There's always a new skill um, to perfect isn't the right word, but a new skill to work on um, weights start to feel lighter, but then you just go faster. So it's a different type of workout. Once you start mastering these new things, you go from, you know, I can only do ring rows in a workout to now I can do pull-ups. Now I can do pull-ups at capacity. Now I can do butterfly pull-ups. Now I'm doing bar muscle-ups. It's a, it's a never ending growth. You are constantly growing and learning and pushing yourself. And I think that's why people stick with it. Cause there's always a challenge 
um, and something to learn. And it, it's a fun, competitive environment. Volleyball was fun, competitive team. And this is fun, competitive community. Well, I think that's an interesting way of saying it. I remember when you were, uh, I think, and again, perfecting may not be the, the right word, but as you were improving and uh, with your handstand pushups. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I was at an event and you went, I did one. That's the first one yes. I've done, right? And yes. And that was, it was, um, it, it was miserable because that was at a competition. And I think I got four total in a workout where I was supposed to do 64. And every time I would do one, my group that was there would explode in cheers. And I felt silly because I'm like, obviously I'm failing in this workout. I'm not doing well. I'm not going to be the one that finishes first, but I'm getting something that I couldn't get. And everybody sees that, that effort and that intention behind it. And everybody's happy for you, whatever level you're at, like, doesn't matter if you can lift the most or not. If you're doing something you've not done before, there's this entire community around you. That's like, that is so cool. Look where you came from. How amazing is that? So I think that's why, I mean, that's a big reason why we stick with it is because we're constantly growing and we have this group of people that are pushing us to be better versions of ourselves every day. Well, again, I think that's really, I, I think it's tremendously powerful and a great lesson for everybody um, from this, from your experience is that it really is what I think many people would have said is you went from volleyball, which was a team sport to CrossFit, which is an individual sport, but that's not what you said. You said it's a, it's CrossFit, which is a community. And yeah. I think, especially with where we are in our world today and um, a big part of this show and my platform is to create a worldwide community full of people with respect, honor, and dignity for all, you know, community is extremely important. And so again, that's why this um, becomes a very valuable lesson coming out of this show is um, I I was expecting you to say CrossFit was individual, but when you came with CrossFit is community, it was like, oh, wow, what a great lesson that is that there are places where people can and will root you on. Regardless. Yeah. Regardless. Whether it's one or, or 64. Right. Yeah. And then I remember going to another competition where you, you beat the one by quite a bit. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you had, I've you had know. my successes. I've had my successes. Yeah. I've had great failure, but I've also, I've, I've had it. It has been a phenomenal outlet for my athletic competitive side. And, um, you know, CrossFit's not just for the competitive athlete. It's, it's for the person that just wants to stand up when they're 90, when you break it down, we're just trying to get you to stand when you're 90 unassisted. You know, we just want you to stand up and sit back down comfortably. That's, that's, that's it. A, certainly a great plan for sure. So yeah. you get yourself back into better shape. I'm not going to say you were in shape. your <laughs> shape. You get yourself yeah. back into shape and now it's competition time. Mm-hmm. 52 days from cancer surgery to yeah. competition and share a little bit of that result. So with your goal being beating last. Yes. 
Yeah. So um, it's funny. I called myself the uh, I'm like the middle of the path warrior was what I was most of the weekend. Um, not doing terrible, not finishing last ever. I never finish last, um, but also not necessarily winning all the workouts, but I was a middle of the pack warrior for most workouts. And then there was one workout, which was a strength workout. It was a thruster ladder. And we started at one weight and the final weight, we had to do three thrusters at 145. And if you finish the three, then you go into as many deadlifts as you can get in the minute. And that workout was just, I, I was built for that. That's, that is my workout. <laughs> that is your workout. I had, that was the only workout of the weekend that I had high expectations for. The only one, honestly, that I was looking forward to. Um, and I finished fourth out of 76 in that workout and fourth. And when I say fourth, I mean like second place only had two reps more than me, kind of fourth place. It was a very close one through five were very close to each other. So, um, that was phenomenal overall. I finished 25th out of 76. Um, which is a lot better than last. And I feel very good about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I love the smile and the, uh, <laughs> I love the success. You know, it's so cool, <laughs> so cool to see you uh, fight through that. And I truly appreciate you coming on and sharing the story because, and I know it's, you know, that was only a couple of weeks ago in stuff, but since you had that amazing finish through, through the adversity, has anything over the last couple of weeks just really come to you, um, you know, kind of out of the blue, you know, like, it's like, wow, I didn't realize, you know, were there any epiphanies that came out of the competition and, and, and your results? Um, I, I mean, I think the, the biggest epiphany that I had and this comes back to me being hesitant in sharing my story because I I didn't feel like it was not that it wasn't important enough to share but just that it wasn't big um, is anybody that I talked to at the competition my my fellow competitors etc they were all in shock they were all in awe that I was there working out and then you know finishing well um and for me, I just, I just expect high things of myself. Right. So I was like, well, this is where I'm supposed to be. I should be higher than this, but to see other people really get, um, thoughtful about it and, and be shocked with it was a big deal. And then, um, you know, I participated in a podcast at the fittest experience, um, and the wife of the gentleman that was interviewing me was like, you know, I just needed to hear your story because I've let excuse after excuse get in my way and stop me from getting back into a life of bettering myself. And so, you know, thank you for sharing and this, that, and the other. And, you know, one of the questions they asked me is what's next? Everybody wants to know what's next, what's going on. Um, you know, it's not like I'm a professional CrossFit athlete. I'm the chances of me ever going to the games are very slim. I would have to dedicate my life to training and I have other things that I do. So, but we have the open coming up, which is another competition. And my biggest goal is next year, I want to qualify for the fittest experience with authority. Like I want people, I, I'm supposed to be there. I'm not there because somebody else said, no, I'm there because I, I intentionally made it. This is, this is my competition to be at. So 
it's just a, it's, it's a fun, it's, you know, my mindset and training has shifted a little bit for personal goals and whatnot. And it's exciting because after seven years of doing this, you get in a lull and it's kind of reinvigorated me, you know, as, as weird as that is having, um, cancer and an organ removed has reshifted my, I don't know, level of dedication or determination or, you know, whatever. It's just, it's cool. I'm excited to go into the gym later today. (laughs) I think it's, I think it's extremely cool. And, and this is exactly the kind of story that needs to be told. Um, I refer to the quote from mother Teresa many times, if you can't feed a hundred feed one, you never know when a story like this is maybe you've already handled that one with that gentleman's wife. And maybe that was the entire mission of this, but uh, with what we hopefully do by sharing this show and, and getting it out and about uh, even broader to, to utilize again, untold undertold stories to positively impact people who, you know, may have lost hope or may have don't have the inspiration to go forward. Uh, borrow a little bit of yours for a bit. Uh, I know I do. So. Yeah, sure. Take what you need. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here and thank you for sharing your story. And thank you all for joining us here on Lifting Up Champions with my daughter, Jordan Schilling. If you want to know more about the story or just reach out to liftingupchampions.com or scottschillingspeaks.com and we'll get you some more information. Thanks for being here. We'll see you again the next event. God bless.